Let me begin with some repentance and apologies. You know, when I got done Bible college, one of the first books I read, and it was one of the most formational books in my entire life, was this book on preaching by Hayden W. Robinson. I had an opportunity to get taught by him for a week, a great guy, called Biblical Preaching. And in this book, The Development and Delivery of Expository Messages, and he says in this book, listen, once a year you're allowed to preach a topical sermon as long as you immediately repent. So last week we did that whole topical sermon on celebration and the importance of it. And so I was asked, have I repented yet? No, I haven't, because this week's going to be worse. Because most of it's not going to be on the Bible. It's going to be something that I've never done before in my entire preaching life, and that is to talk about some of the kind of the business stuff of, of church life together. And I was really totally stressed about this, you know, and I said to Scott, man, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, it goes against my, all my values. I mean, I can hardly stand topical sermons, let alone this kind of stuff. And Scott said, Alan, don't you realize that the New Testament, the Bible books are written about church business in the churches that they did? We're talking about family business, you're fine. So with Scott's blessing, here I am being fine. (laughs) If you are a guest with us today, I want to apologize because uh, this is not normal worship. That was great and it was normal stuff. But in terms of how we're going to go about the study time, it's it's different. So give us another chance if uh, if you're a guest in Monica's. It's not not kind of an old thing. Next week, we're going to start the book of James. And so that's going to be a, a great, great study together. All right, let's get going. I've shown this to you before, and it's one of my rules for life that I discovered here a couple of years ago, and I just think it's really, really important. It's not in the Bible, but I think it's an incredible principle. This It's called the Stockdale Principle, and this is what it says. Look at this. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end. You'll win. You'll get that. You'll prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose. With the dis- Don't mistake that with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. Stockdale was an admiral. He was, uh, he was a captive in the Vietnam War by the Vietnamese, and, and that's kind of how he, how he sort of got through it. And I just think it's a tremendous truth, whether we're talking about your friendships, your life, your marriage, your business, your job, or whatever it is, we must never confuse the faith that will prevail in the end. We'll get there. We will be victorious in Jesus Christ. But no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's struggling with your, your, your relationships or your money or whatever it is, you have to face reality and truth. Uh, Sheena gives me a bit of a hard time because when I'm doing these brutal facts, I always say them in the most brutal way that I possibly can. A little bit of an exaggeration because I want to drive that sucker home. So that's what we need to do this morning. We're going to go into this little conversation with the knowledge and the certainty that we will prevail in Jesus Christ in the end. But there are some brutal facts that we need to confront and deal with and work through prayerfully and in the Holy Spirit and together as a family, okay? So, let us begin. I want to talk a little bit about how we sort of ended up 2022. And you know most of this stuff. So first of all, let's think about what the, uh, the people you and me and those who are gathered here and those who are online and those who couldn't make it today. I'm very, very thankful that in the past few months, we've seen some, some great stuff. We really have. Uh, we've seen uh, the return of many, many familiar people. 
It's good to see the faces again, you know, there was a kind of dip after the whole COVID thing and there's people getting their life organized again. And so it's been really, really good to see people back again. And really exciting, uh, we've had the privilege of, of welcoming some, some great new people into our fellowship and into our time together as we journey on the mission that Christ has given us to reconcile all of creation back to him by, uh, through Jesus. And... We've had this great initiative that was kind of forced upon us by COVID, and that is our, our online presence, allowing not only people who are away and can't make it on a particular Sunday, but people who are far and wide uh, can join us either online live or can watch the stuff later. And I'm so thankful for the people that have made that possible and put in many, many hours, uh, Chris and his team, uh, to make that happening. It's great stuff, and it's marvelous stuff. And so there's, there's some great and good news on that front as we go forward and develop. I must be anxious, got a dry mouth. Which is better than me spitting on you, which I normally do when I get worked up. So I guess that's... The truth is we've not fully recovered from the, the COVID downturn. And we can see that in our participation in the worship services. Now, not everybody makes it to worship all the time, and some people are online all the time, but, but we, let me just show you a comparison of our people numbers from 2019 before COVID to now, okay? So you can see it, so uh, 2022, so you've got Highland Park, that's us. We've got Mission Heights over there at Mission Heights. The online, we call that screens. And the reason we call that screens is we don't know when people are watching online. We don't know if it's one person or everybody's gathered there with uh, 13 cousins. As a matter of fact, hey, if you're online, it would be kind of an interesting thing. It would help us a bit. Just put in the chat there a little bit. How many of you are watching online with the screens? Because we really don't know, okay? So that's kind of where things are at. And as you can see, that the first... Um, that the, the average is there. And so in 2022 for September, the average was 100, 189 people. Now, in 2019, so this is, you know, prior to COVID, things were different. First of all, we had three sites. We had East Side going on, right? And so uh, that actually was the first casualty of COVID was us shutting down the East Side site. It was just, uh, just in its new beginnings and didn't have the strength. We knew we could see that coming. So, so we had East Side. There's a remnant uh, of, of East Side, the pillar group that meets Sunday nights, and uh, that's been carrying on, but, but that site was shut down. And then Highland Park, you'll see, 216 and Mission Heights, 79. So, you know, the average there in September was 339. 198 to 339. October, you go across the same thing, 202, 317. November, 201 to 322. December, 244 to 333. So you can see that there's kind of improvements and this is the last, in the last quarter, but we're like 100 people fewer now than we were prior to COVID. Does that make sense to you? Okay, we're good. You kind of got that That's in your mind. All right. Well, along with this reduction of people, of course, uh, comes a reduction in our you know, programming, but also in our finances. And that's what brings us uh, to a great time of the challenge that we've been talking with you about for the last number of months, and that is with our finances. Let me first of all say, I am so thankful for you. And I am so, oh, I'm going to work up. <laughs> you know, once you turn 50, it's downhill all the way on the emotional control side. I don't understand what could. I'm so proud of you. 
for the Herculean faithfulness that you have demonstrated over the last, over the last number of months. I'm so proud of you. I'm so very proud. I'm so thankful. Scott was by earlier uh, today and... Uh, anyhow. So when I talk about these numbers now, here's the next thing I want you to remember. Number one, you know, thank you for your faithfulness. And Number two, and I'm going to give you some numbers here. But please understand, this is very important, okay? Pay very close attention here, right? These numbers are as accurate as we can get to date, okay? But not all of December's bills are in yet, right? Somebody may have mailed in an offering from the Himalayas that hasn't arrived in the post yet and all that sort of thing. So, so when it comes down, let alone the accountants haven't applied their numeric wizardry to whatever they do with financial statements, I don't understand. So, so what I'm going to give you now, it's our best statement, okay? And we're going to be within like, you know, five, six grand, okay? So it's going to be close, but, but there's going to be some, some discrepancy, okay? So, so whatever you do, you know, look at these numbers, but, you know, I don't want any, please stop calling, you've been dishonest, <laughs> none of that stuff, okay? All right, here we go, the best bet that, that we can do. So our, our deficit peaked at the end of September, which is understandable, at $209,977.27. Okay? So, so basically, the worst off we were is the end of September, $210,000, which makes sense because it comes through summer, right? Okay, so, but then at the end of the year, again, we're going to be within, you know, five, ten grand. Uh, our total income was $793,600. $13.05, and our expenditures were $895,702.24. That'll go up, okay? It's going to go up a little bit, which gives us a deficit of $102,089, okay? I'm so thankful for you because we were at like two ten, and in the last quarter, we reduced that deficit over, over 100000 bucks. Thank you for your faithfulness, and thank you, God, for this blessing. And so thankful for that. But as you see, we're still short, right? By the way, it's not like that was a total surprise to us. You may remember from the last annual meeting that we said, you know what? We're going to have a go-forward year. We're going to trust that God is going to rebuild us and do great things. We're going to have totally full staff because we have, we have some reserve funds, right? Now, that reserve funds, we've done great things down through the years with that reserve funds that we have. Sometimes people wonder, man, why have you got this hundreds of thousands of dollars in reserve funds? Well, we bailed out the Bible college once. We've helped establish several congregations with that money. And coming out of this part, you know, we don't owe that money to the bank. It's out of our reserve funds. Okay, so, so that's where that money's coming from. It's not like the, the bank's phoning it up every week and say, hey, where's our payment? That that's, comes out of our reserve funds. We're able to finish the year that well. But it's obviously still that's not a sustainable amount, right? You can't go around losing just under 10 grand a month. So there's some things that we've already done going in. So this is through the... Uh, the elders, the stewardship team, and the board, okay? The leadership kind of the team. This is what we've done so far as we go. What we've already done. Number one is going into it, we had a budget reduction, okay? So obviously we've said, okay, you know, we're not coming back as we hoped and as we wished and as we prayed for quite as much, so we're going to reduce our budget. So last year's budget was a million bucks, million dollars and a thousand, okay? And last year's expenses 
We're 895,702. We'll, we'll probably hit 900,000, okay? So, so just in the, I always just put it to big numbers because that's all I can remember. So last year, budget was a million. We spent 900,000, okay? So we underspent our, our budget because we kind of watch out for those things. So in 2023 then, we said, okay, we're not doing that, so we need to reduce our budget, but still carry out the mission that God has given us, right? And so the budget came in at $820,323,000. I've shown you these numbers to you before, which is basically a little over $68,000 a month, okay? That's our budget going in for 2023, 68 grand a month. Or if you want to break that down, as I said to you here when we finished Philippians, it's $305 per adult in the church would make our budget, okay? So for Sheen and I, there's two adults, that's 610 bucks, okay? We realize that that's a big number. On the other hand, you know, we went through all those stats. You can go back and watch that. It's the very last sermon on Philippians where I break that down a bit more and what the salaries are, blah, 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 all that stuff. So bottom line is we reduced our budget by $181,000, okay? But... It's still more than our income for last year. Does that make sense to you? Okay, reduced our budget, but it's still higher than what actually came in as cash this year because we're trusting that God will continue to help us to be faithful and increase our numbers and, and all those good things which will make that happen. Okay, so that's the first change that has already happened. Second change that already happened is we've made some staff changes, which in the f- completion will take place by the end of January. Dale Adams, one of our elders, sent me an article as we were working through all this stuff about these challenges. And it was really interesting because the author said, look, by the time you're reading this article, you've already done the easy stuff. You've already done all the edge trimming and the, some of those things, and all that's left are hard choices. Okay, so that's kind of where I... And, Not easy, easy things. Now, a little over 60% of our expenses are staff. Okay, salaries, government load, all that kind of stuff. Okay, about 60% of them. So, you know, you're not, we've already trimmed the other 40% as much as we can. And so you're left with, you cannot make a big change of 100 grand without touching the staff. Okay. The staff changes were sped up a little bit by David's resignation, nothing to do with finances, but you remember that whole by our children pastor's designation uh, late last fall. And so that, that caused the, the staff changes uh, to, to, to speed up a little bit because you know we couldn't go forward as we were knowing that there were gonna be staff changes forward so we didn't advertise for a children's pastor position, all that kind of stuff. So what's gonna happen by the end of the month? Number one. Allison and Sheena are laid off by the end of January. So after years of, see, after many years of faithful service and heart for this Lord and the church, uh, Allison will be uh, finished with us. Like you'll know that, that uh, more recently, Alison was the communications coordinator and office manager and all those kind of things. More recently, she's been working on Chris's team, 
with uh, online stuff, We're doing a great job there. And uh, Sheena has been the, uh, the data clerk, recording congregational information, vulnerable persons, protocol records, and all that sort of thing. And, and together in the fall here, it's basically, that's like one day a week, if you put those two positions together, one day a week of labor, okay? So by the end of, of January, hey, if you wanna have an experience, fire your wife. <laughs> So at the end of, at the end of January, um, then, then they won't be employed with us anymore. Well, that, of course, is a whole administrative end of things that that leaves a hole in, which there already was a hole since Alison uh, was no longer on the, on the front desk and so on. And so uh, Chris, who has been our digital, uh, pastor of digital ministries, is going to go uh, part-time digital ministries and part-time administration. Okay, and we'll work out the number of hours and how that goes. Our online presence will continue. We think that it's a, it's a, it's a valuable and important ministry, and that's going to continue. But uh, Chris, if you know Chris, you know that he's really gifted administratively, and he's really gifted doing whatever mess I leave behind, cleaning it up, <laughs> and trying to stop me making more messes in the future. So Chris is going to uh, be doing that. Um, now, the pastoral staff, you'll notice, in terms of managing, we take turns on the front desk answering the phone when you call to tell you that we don't know, okay? <laughs> so we reduce those hours, and so that's why if you call the office, the office hours are between 10 and 2, because we, who the pastoral staff, are, are, are taking that, that front desk role, okay? So that's, that's sort of covering off that administrative end of things. And the other big change that took place is that uh, Andrew's position, uh, Andrew was our uh, pastor of youth ministries, now we have added to his responsibility children. And so Andrew is now the director of both uh, children and youth ministries, which uh, with our size and finance is all that we can, we can do. Oh, just so you know, though, that um, the children's ministry position has uh, two administrators, uh, Kara, who's over at Mission Heights, and Jenea, who's here at Highland Park, and those uh, two servants together are 18 hours a week, okay? So we've got 18 hours a week dedicated to sort of the, the mechanics and the working out of, of children's ministries, and then Andrew uh, with his team, the children's ministry team, uh, looking after the rest, the vision and the encouragement and some recruitment and that sort of thing, as well as continuing on with youth, okay? So those are changes that have already basically been, been made, sped up a bit by David's um, resignation, but that's the stuff that's in place to try and bring uh, some of our staffing in line, both with our, with our numbers and size as a church, and also with, um, with our finances, okay? All right, so that's kind of where things are at. What about going forward? Well, um, that's not going to do everything, and so there are certain changes that still need to happen. So what, what do we have before us? Well, number one, most importantly, is, uh, and this is where we're all coming together, is we need, we need a thoroughly engaged church. You remember when we studied uh, Philippians, we got to the end, and we, uh, I explained to you how, how in the North American church there's been this expansion of, of staff. 
The churches, you know, the ratios, maybe they did the whole ratios, one to 100, and now it's one to 35 in terms of full-time staff for people who participate. Because basically everyone's lives got busy and so on, and so there was less volunteer hours, and so we wanted the ministry to go forward, and so we hired staff to do it. And that's, that's a North American phenomenon that's been happening, and it, it sort of has gotten out of control. And, uh, and so the remedy to that is recognizing that God has given all of us a gift, an ability. And God has placed in your heart a passion for some expression of ministry. Some of it's within the church and some of it is, is outside of the church and in community in general and, and that sort of thing. But, but every single one of you, God, before you were born, decided to place in your heart a passion and then equip you by the Holy Spirit to be able to fulfill that ministry. Some of it's up front, some of it's behind the scenes, all those things. And, and we've, got to, we've got to step up the game on that because, um, you know, in North America, we've just gone too far the other way of, um, you know, paying for ministry to take place. And so the first thing is, is to just, you know, a renewed effort for us as, as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus. What is it that the Holy Spirit has laid in my heart? That I, this, is, this is a way that the grace and the love of Jesus needs to be communicated. But what is that? I mean, and pretty much every area of the church can use help. You remember a few weeks ago, Catherine, uh, who's taken over uh, our benevolence ministry, saying, hey, you know, I want to put together a team now. We're still in, in need of people to join that team and to, to minister to those who are on the margins of of society uh, through us, uh, children and family ministries, uh, along with youth and the insatiable need of people who will pour the love of Jesus into little kids' lives and into teenagers' hearts as they wrestle through the stuff, through the stuff that the world throws at them. Uh, you can even come and answer the phone so people get somebody that knows what they're doing instead of me. Oh, I don't know. And so just what, what, what is, what has God laid on your heart? How has he gifted you? What area do you see of ministry? Say, ah, you know, that could be better. As soon as you think certain area could be better, that's the Holy Spirit saying to you, yeah, you are called to make the difference. So you think about that. What is it that, ah, you know, that could be better? That's probably, in some way, the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder saying, yeah, and you're my instrument to make it better. So that's the first that's the first thing. All of our gifts and all of our energy is needed to achieve this God-given mission of reconciliation of creation to ourself. Second thing is, of course, uh, hopefully we can meet the budget. Hopefully we can meet the budget. We'll continue to monitor our expenses with an eagle eye as we, as we do, as the stewardship team looks at it every month and we kind of, you know, Wendy gives us a report and I kind of watch it too and, and all this sort of thing and we'll continue to do that. This is why, you know, we didn't spend out our budget and if you look through the years, you'll see that uh, very often we have a budget, we don't spend as much of our budget because we only do the things that are effective and needed at the time. So if we meet the budget, then we'll be in good shape and we'll carry on and the Lord will bless and, and, and that's all that we'll need to do. But what if we don't? As the teams, the various leadership teams got together, largely, largely the elders and the stewardship, both individually and then together uh, as, a, as a joint time. As we prayed and, and, and met and discussed it comes down to basically the multi-site challenge. For the last uh, 13 years, 
about 13 years ago, just a little bit less, we launched Mission Heights as our second site. And if you've ever mission, visited over there at Mission Heights, they've got, they've got a great thing going on over there. I mean, it is just a joyous place to be. They've got a tremendous fellowship and involvement in each other's lives. There's a marvelous desire for, for ministry. And truthfully, their volunteer engagement, as we say, in terms of you know, people that are participating in the ministry, is, is better numbers than ours. Where they have been challenged is financially. So in the last 12 years that they've been going, uh, in my memory, because we only have, you would have to go back and dig through the archives to get the actual numbers, but certainly for the last, we've got seven years and it's been true for that. But in the whole 13 years, in my memory, three times Mission Heights has paid their uh, expenses, okay? Back towards the beginning, probably, you know, after about two or three years, I think it was like year you know, four, five, six, or something like that, that they sort of met their, their budget, their expenses. Now, listen to me very carefully here, because here's some details that are important, okay? I want you to get this in your mind, so pay attention to this. When I say the Mission Heights portion, okay, we're all one church, and so we've always had a combined budget. We've always done that because we're one church and so on. But we realize that all of our different ministries have to, have to be effective, okay? So when I'm talking about the Mission Heights budget, here's what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about the building costs, okay? Everything from repairs to the power bill to the heat bill to insurance, okay? I'm talking about the building costs. And then I'm talking about Scott and Kerr's salary, and the portion of Jenea's janitor's salary that she spends at Mission Heights, okay? And then the fourth thing is any of the program stuff, the Sunday school materials or any special events that they do, community and outreach and that sort of thing, okay? So Mission Heights building costs, I'm talking about the building, the staff, and the particular program like Sunday school. Okay, Highland Park, okay, that's us, when we look at this overall budget, Highland Park has always paid the youth pastor's salary, the worship pastor's salary, Chris's salary, all of the administrative costs, all of our missions giving that comes out of the budget, and all of our benevolence and the camp. Okay, does that make sense to you? Got that? Okay, so their cost, it's just their direct cost, and then the overall picture, our budget has covered that. It all goes into one big pot, but in terms of where the money comes from and the giving comes from and all that sort of thing. Okay, so that's, that, that's what I'm talking about with these different costs. So, looks like, and again, these, are, these numbers change a little bit, okay, because you don't have all the bills, blah, blah, blah. It looks like Mission Heights is about $41,000 short last year of what their expenses were. So the challenge in the next number of months, is for Mission Heights to meet their expenses. Their building expenses, their program expenses, Scott, Kara, and a portion of Jenea. Okay, that's, that's the challenge for their giving to come uh, to meet that. If they don't and if they can't, 
Basically, that means that our Mission Heights strategy at this particular point of time is not going to be viable. We're going to have to somehow change something because that's a, that's a huge uh, portion of the way in which we spend our money. And so by the end of the first quarter, by the end of March, uh, we need to take a look and see where we are at with that whole deal. Okay? Now, best case scenario. Number one, best case scenario is that they meet their expenses and we carry on and we grow and we give glory to God and all of those things. And, and honestly, I really do believe that that, can, that that can happen. And Scott's confident too. But that's best case scenario. If that happens, then we carry on as we are and we'll see what uh, 2023 brings and we'll look at 2024 and, and all those good things. Second point. If Mission Heights can't meet their expenses, come close to meeting those expenses, and we're still sort of uh, walking down the wrong road, we're going to have to shut down Mission Heights as a site. When that happens, if that, I shouldn't say when that happens, if that happens, which we trust it won't, but if that happens, then Mission Heights will kind of have a choice. They can either A say, you know what, we just think that that was an anomaly, we still think that we can do it, we want to carry on, and so they would then you know, probably become, say, okay, Lord bless you, uh, you are now a sister church to us, not one of us, and so you carry on as you are, and you develop your own budget and your own structure and your whole, your whole deal like that, and become a sister congregation, okay? Kind of like the Baptist, you've got to have your kind of Baptist out there. So... So it could be that it becomes like a sister church, okay? Option two. And, you know, largely this would be a Mission Heights uh, decision because it's their lives, right? And so we have say, but a lot of the weight of this, this thing would be their folks. Option two then is they say, you know what, we can't do it. We, uh, we've tried our best and we just look at it and we've been faithful, but it just seems like this isn't going to fly. If that happens then those who desire are welcome to come and join us here at Highland Park. We would shut down that site. We would sell the building, uh, to whom, who knows, but God would know. And then, if that occurs, the elders will need to decide to lay off either me or Scott. Because we don't have a need for two preachers and the point is we wouldn't be able to afford them if we couldn't. So the elders will have to then make this discernment. Don't you wish that you were an elder? And so they will, uh, they will look at everything and the gift mix and where we need to be and all those sort of things. And at that point, they'd make a decision as to which of us gets laid off come the next few months. Now, in this, I know like, that's, that's kind of an emotional thing. At least for me, anyway. <laughs> but here's, here's what I need you to... Because, you know, you might think, well, you know, let's just... You know, the building's a big cost over there and we do that, we'll be fine. No, we wouldn't. Here's reality. Their building costs was like 26 grand out of 122, 125, 127,000 dollars, depending on how the bills come in, okay? So it's a, it's a small... The, 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 the weight of the costs at Mission Heights and that multi-site deal is not, 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 is not the building. It's staff, right? 
So it's not like you get rid of the building and everything's clear sailing and everybody's happy. No. Get rid of the building, we're still like 75 grand in trouble, right? So just want to be clear on that, and that's why it becomes, we're at the point, it's, it's, it's a staff issue now going forward. It's the revenues of our offerings and the expenses largely of staff, okay? Just so, just so you know. What is the It's, it's about 125 grand. We don't know for sure. It's like what we've got so far is $122,734. But who asked the question just so I can make sure? Yeah, it's, it's about that. It's about 120, whatever, like that. But there's a few bills will come in yet. So call it 125, 127, something like that. And of which 26 is the building. Thanks. All right. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they may be. And those are some of our challenging facts. What about the faith that we'll prevail? Well, you know, I've been thinking about this stuff two or three times a day. And uh, on December the 20th, I woke up, I don't know, three, three, four in the morning, I don't know, some weird time, you know, thinking about this stuff, and oh man, you know, and so, you know, when I wake up early, I think I've told you before, I do two things, I take my dog for a walk, and I read the Bible. Well, at four in the morning or three, my dog was not interested in going for a walk, so I was forced to read the Bible. I used the one-year one Bible for my devotional time. And the passages for December the 20th are, first of all, the Old Testament passages, Haggai. Now, before we read this, let me just, just real quick so you get a, bit, a sense of what's going on. You remember in Israel's history, they got taken captive into the Babylonian captivity, you know, and they were there being disobedient. And then the Persians, you know, they took over from, from the Babylonians. And when the Persians took over, they said to God's people, I know they kept your people, but they said to God's people, okay, you can go home. And so that's like, the Persians are like Iran kind of. So God's people then returned to Jerusalem, a good, a good number of them. And when they got there, they're going to rebuild Jerusalem, okay? But the first thing that they did is start building nice houses for themselves. And so, and so Haggai had to come there and say, hey, guys, uh, let's not neglect God's temple over here because he's the one that set us free and he's the one that we worship and all this kind of stuff, okay? And so he had to kind of encourage them to get building that temple. And so they did. Uh, they, they rebuilt the temple. Uh, but what they rebuilt was way, way smaller and way, way less grandiose than the old temple. And the one that, that Solomon built, you know, with all the gold and all that, all that kind of stuff. So it's in that context that, that Haggai, with this passage that, that God uh, laid on me uh, on that morning. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message to the people of the Lord. I'm with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He's kind of running the show. Son of this other guy. Governor of Judah. 
And the spirit of Joshua, son of Yozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and they began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty their God. They started to work on the temple. On the 24th day of the sixth month, in the second year of King Darius, on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through to the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Zadok, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and ask them this. Who of you is left who saw the house in its former glory? In other words, who of you, you remember what this glorious, marvelous temple that used to be? Who of you remembers that? And how does what you've got now look to you? Does it seem like nothing? Does it seem like it's shrunk? Does it seem like it's not as glorious? But now be strong, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Zodak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake the nations and what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place, I will grant peace. And there's a few things there for us to, you know, in this time for us to grab a hold of and live out. Above all, God is with us, says so in verse 13. God is with us. We are on his mission. It is his plan. It is his work. And God would never abandon his people. God is with us. Number two, God must, will, and is stirring us up. He had to stir up the people of in Jerusalem. The same as he had to kind of stir us up. And we've had it pretty cushy, truth be told, for the last number of years. But God has to now stir us up and say, what is our focus? What is our emphasis? What is the direction of my life? What is it important? What is it that I'm doing for the, the, the glory of our Lord? God is stirring up. These are John's words to us last week or couple weeks ago when it was, about God bringing breakthroughs, God stirring us up. God will stir us up. And he does that because, verse 14 says, we have work to do. We are dependent upon our Lord Jesus Christ. We are dependent upon the power and the leading and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. 
But God in his wisdom says, I want to partner with you and there is work for you as the church of Christ to do to achieve my purposes in this city, in this province, and in this world. There is work to do. Work to do. And then he says, listen, you can kind of look back to the days when multiple services, multiple sites, starting congregations, big missions for you can look back and you can think about where we're at now and you can think, oh boy, We've become so small. And what's this pulling in our horns? If only it was like it was. But God says, don't grieve what was. You celebrate what is and what is to come. We all grieve people who have moved on from us. It's hard. I remember back in the olden days when I was getting my training, I worked full-time as a chaplain at the Royal Axe Hospital for like uh, four months. There you go. This clinical pastoral education where they're trying to teach me how to be a pastor. It didn't work. They put me in the cardiac care unit because they said, if you don't get your life figured out, you're going to have a heart attack, Joan, so go meet these guys. And uh, I remember one working with this one family and the dude died. I spent quite a bit of time with this family and, and, uh, and so on and then come down to the end it was like, you know, okay, well now we have the real preacher come in and I was kind of pushed aside and I was talking to, to Bill, the supervisor, psychologist, I said, oh, you know, kind of, all these people. And he said, listen, all your life is going to be people that mean more to you than you mean to them. That's ministry. And if you can't hack it, you better pack her in now. So, you know, we can, we grieve. I mean, it's all kinds of people that we love. And it's like, holy jumping. <laughs> they were going to. And it's easy to get stuck back there. God says, listen, you can't. You know, they, they have their journey and God is blessing them and may the Lord bless them and all of that good stuff. They didn't go kind, all that stuff. You can't get stuck in the past. You celebrate what God is doing now and the good things that he is doing, the marvelous things that he's doing and the greater things that are yet to come. And then he says, be strong. Be strong. Pick up the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Raise up your shield of faith to defend yourself. Put on a breastplate of righteousness. Live holy lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit, then you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, but you will march into enemy territory with victory. Be strong. Resist the devil. Resist his arrows 
of discouragement. Watch out for his spears of division and blame and finger pointing. Be strong and march forward into the mission of Jesus Christ. And remember that all the resources are God's. All of the silver is mine. All of the gold is mine, says the Lord. And we are but managers of it. And God wants some of his money back. The resources necessary he will provide. And the glory of God in the new. However that will look. However that will look. The glory of God in the new will be greater and this will be a place of greater peace, shalom, rightness in a time in our society that is anxiety ridden. But God wasn't done yet. Because you keep going in the one year Bible on December the 20th, you come <laughs> to one of the greatest Psalms, Psalm 139, which isn't the longest one in the Bible. Let's just see a couple of portions of this as the psalmist cries out, as he's going through a difficult time. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, go there. If I make my bed in the depths, if it's hard, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the ocean, of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand, your powerful hand, your strong hand, your hand of might will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. If I feel like I can't take it anymore. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. And the night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. Search me, God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Remember, God knows you. And he knows me. And he knows us. And he made us. And he created us. And he held us together. 
And remember that the Holy Spirit is with you. No matter what it is that we go through in life, the Holy Spirit is with us. And sometimes it's like groping in the dark a little bit and we try to catch his hand and it's hard. But the promise of God is that I am with you through all of these times. And so, Lord, if that's true, then cleanse us of anxiety and worry and concern and fear. Put out the flaming darts of the enemy with our shield of faith. And if there's things in our lives, corporately or individually, that are offensive to God, then God cleanse us from them. That your glory can be seen in us. And lead me and cause me to walk in his ways. So we have challenges before us. They're right there. They're in front of us. You can see us. But God is before us. And God is behind us. And God is beside us. And God is within us. And God is among us. So cast off all anxiety. Cast off any ways of rebellion. And let us search the Lord's strength and direction. And be strong in him and in his work. And watch for his great glory as we forge forth in his mission. Almighty God, how we thank you that this doesn't all depend on us. We have a, we have a part to play and we do not want to minimize that. But you are almighty God. And you are in covenant with us and you will achieve your purposes in our lives and in our body as a church and in this city and in this province and in this world. So help us to be strong. Grant us the courage to pick up the sword of the Spirit the shield of faith to put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation to put on the boots of the gospel fill us again and afresh and stir us up by your Holy Spirit because we trust that in you the days ahead though we might not recognize how they look, will bring you greater glory than the days gone by. We pray through Christ, our Savior. Amen. <laughs>